morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, former President Donald Trump was indicted again. And we've got the latest lawmaker reaction. Number two, what Speaker Kevin McCarthy told Republicans on a conference call about the upcoming spending fight. And number three, Pennsylvania political infighting among House Republicans becomes public. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are leading this morning's Punchbowl News AM. As much of the political media is with the news overnight that a grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, indicted former President Donald Trump on 13 criminal charges related to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election, also indicted a number of Trump uh, followers, including former Representative Mark Meadows, the Republican from North Carolina. Of course, he was Trump's last White House chief of staff. Other names that folks will know, Trump lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, John Eastman, and Sidney Powell also indicted. Uh, In total, there were 20 people indicted in Fulton County, uh, in this Fulton County probe. This is Trump's fourth indictment in the last five months, Um, you know, expected in some cases. But what's interesting for us, I I think, is, and and we'll leave it to you to kind of go, go a little deeper here, is how this is playing among elected officials, particularly those in Congress. So three counts of solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer, Two counts of 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 uh, conspiracy to uh, commit forgery in the first degree. Two counts of conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. Two counts of false statements and writings. One count of violating the Georgia RICO Act. One count of committing conspiracy to commit impersonating a public officer. One count of conspiracy to commit filing false documents. And one count of filing false documents. That's quite the um, quite the lineup. Um, the uh, this was expected. You're right, Anna. Um, this is a um, uh, quite the uh, 18 people and in Trump indicted here, uh, and the 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 breakdown here is relatively uh, uh, expected. Right, House Republicans defended Trump uh, and criticized Willis. McCarthy said it was a radical DA in Georgia following Biden's lead by attacking Trump, and people see through this desperate sham. Jim Jordan said it was just uh, that Trump did nothing wrong. Senate Republican leaders were cautious and quiet. uh, And House uh, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer issued a um, joint statement, which is what we've seen them do before. Um, Anna, this is this is going you could just bet your bottom dollar that the House Judiciary Committee is going to and maybe the House Oversight Committee are going to get involved in this in trying to hold hearings on this uh, when they get back from recess. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Um, the uh, uh, the politics here, I mean, who the hell knows? I, I think the general rule of thumb is uh, uh, it's not good to be indicted four times. I mean, I think that's just I think we could just say that as a blanket statement here. Um, but the uh, you know, it, it, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of uh, I think that people have pointed out, Anna, I think this is this is undoubtable. People have pointed out that the next year when Donald Trump is going to want to be campaigning for the presidency in 2024, should he get the nomination or even before he gets the nomination, he's going to be locked up both uh, monetarily and physically dealing with four indictments, uh, one in Washington, uh, 
two in Washington, sorry, the one in Washington, the January 6th case, one in Florida, the document case in New York, his case um, about paying hush money allegedly to uh, Stormy Daniels, and this case in Georgia in Fulton County where he's being charged with um, trying to overturn the 2020 election. Certainly going to be something we are watching closely in terms of the politics. Do Republicans continue to stick with the former president? How it impacts, his, as you noted, his presidential uh, kind of bid and just also kind of how this is going to kind of uh, play just overall here in the next coming weeks and months, particularly as uh, Republicans come back to Capitol Hill. Certainly not what they want to be talking about going into uh, election season. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We've got some behind-the-scenes details on what Speaker Kevin McCarthy told House Republicans about the upcoming spending fight during a private House GOP conference call last night, uh, imploring House Republicans, Jake, to pass their versions of the fiscal year 2024 spending bills in order to counter Senate Democrats who have passed their own bills with uh, what he said, a 97% yes vote. Uh, This is a a pretty interesting commentary by McCarthy and the remark that the Senate is much more united than the House on spending helps illustrate the current reality on Capitol Hill. House Republicans have really put themselves behind the eight ball in trying to exert their limited leverage over the annual approps bills. Uh, This is all coming to the fore here uh, as this government funding deadline of September 30th comes into focus. Yeah, this was supposed to be our lead this morning before Trump got indicted in the late uh, 10 or 11 o'clock hour um, last night. McCarthy, uh, a few things that are interesting here. McCarthy basically acknowledging that uh, the the House is behind the eight ball when it comes to the spending fights in uh, uh, the fall spending fights. This is true. Uh, Senate Republicans and Democrats have passed a lot of their bills with, as he said, 97 percent yes vote out of committee. Um McCarthy did acknowledge that he's against a year-long CR, which in his view, and and I think factually, would lock in uh, Democratic policies from the previous Congress, but he did acknowledge that they are going to need a short-term CR. Now, that's going to be a huge fight. I... um, I, I think that's that is um, uh, very clear and very obvious. And he said um, that he does not want the Senate to jam us against the holidays, nor does he want the set, uh, CR that jams us against Christmas. So does that mean he would go into the new year? Uh Maybe they could probably turn off. I'm just thinking out loud here. They could probably turn off that one percent um, year-long CR spending cut thing. Um, the, but I, I think what, what we're what we're going to see, Anna, is um, the House having to wrestle with a CR when they come back in September. Absolutely, going to be very interesting to see how uh, he coalesces and, and is able to kind of shepherd House Republicans to. Uh, get behind a short-term CR as they figure out the longer-term package. Also, of course, going to be at issue is that supplemental uh, package that the White House is asking Congress to pass when it comes to Ukraine funding and disaster relief. Those are going to be thorny uh, issues because you have a lot of the House Republican Conference who's said, you know, they are opposed to continuing to put money towards uh, the fight in Ukraine. Uh, but, you know, because they are also packaged with the fact of this disaster relief and a lot of states a lot of republicans uh frankly uh are in their home states are looking for that disaster relief because we've had uh, a ton of natural disasters this past year 
Also going to be, uh, you know, interesting, the, the fact that he noted, uh, unsurprisingly probably, but I think it adds another layer here that House Republicans are going to want some kind of border security money in there. Um, so you kind of already start to see the contours of the debate forming. Uh, it will just be interesting to see how much uh, and how willing McCarthy is to negotiate with the White House, uh, given the fact that the White House and the Senate are pretty aligned here when it comes to their spending priorities. Going to the number three story of the morning. Uh, we have a very interesting news item here about some infighting among uh, Republicans in Pennsylvania. Representative Brian Fitzpatrick, a moderate Pennsylvania Republican, now has a primary challenger. And that opponent, conservative activist Mark Hoke, claims that the reason he's challenging Fitzpatrick is because Representative Scott Perry, the Republican from Pennsylvania and the chair of the House Freedom Caucus, pushed him to get into the race. It's a fascinating piece, uh, truly fascinating by uh, Mika Soliner, which indig- which signals, I mean, it's it's very rare, Anna, as, as I think we could say definitively, that a member of a delegation is pushing a primary challenge over uh, against someone else in his delegation. This is, I mean, it was really uh, uh, stunning. Now, um, the 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 candidate here, uh, Mark Hoke, says that he's says that he's challenging Fitzpatrick because um, Perry pushed him. Now, Perry said <laughs> Perry's office told us that he only told Mr. Hoke to pray about a decision to run for Congress, which is certainly not dissuading uh, him from running for Congress. But on the record, this this candidate said he, that Perry pushed him in. Now, let's be clear here. Brian Fitzpatrick, who holds this seat, is a moderate Republican who holds effectively a Democratic district in Philly and it's close in suburbs. So uh, someone like Hoke is not going to win this race almost definitely. This is a, a district that... Um, First of all, Perry, uh, Fitzpatrick wins his primary challenges by over 60 points most of the time. Biden won Fitzpatrick's district in 2020. Hillary Clinton beat former President Donald Trump here by less than a point in 2016. So this is a uh, a district that a conservative would not have a good chance at holding, but really a tremendous story by, by Mika here. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter by going to punchbowl.news. It just takes your email address and you'll get that every morning between 5 and 6 a.m. Have a great day and stay safe.